This episode is sponsored by NRG Energy. Businesses are making moves to decarbonize. The new Race to Net Zero podcast features insightful conversations with industry experts and business leaders committed to net zero emissions. Don't miss this limited series with valuable information to help you achieve your sustainability goals. Visit nrg.com slash zero. From GreenViz Group, welcome to this week's edition of 350. I'm Joel McCower here in Oakland, California. On this week's edition, why emissions accounting needs a makeover, greenwashing terms to avoid at any cost, the 40 sustainability certifications you need to know, and listeners tell us their hopes for the coming year. We're still ringing in the new this week on 350. It's January 6, 2023. Happy New Year and welcome to another episode of Green Biz 350. We're so glad to have you with us as we begin another new year, the eighth new year for this podcast, for those of you keeping score. And joining me from Midland Park, New Jersey, still keeping her New Year's resolutions, is Green Biz Editorial Director Heather Clancy. Happy New Year, Heather. Happy New Year, Joel. What is the statute of limitations on Happy New Year? I always <laughs> wonder that at the beginning of a new year. I think uh, if if it, it, you have a year and then if it's it, it, then you have to return the presents if it's before no oh, that's a wedding sorry um, <laughs> I don't know I think I think I, I always go with January you know wow. by the end of January it's kind of old but uh, you know and it depends on who it is if it's somebody you haven't talked to in a long time mm-hmm. it's just sometimes appropriate but mm-hmm. um, what's why well, do you have one No I don't know I I didn't I didn't have um, at all honestly. Uh, you know what I do want to ask you is, do you actually have a resolution? Because I kind of forgot to do one <laughs> myself. I actually, my friend, my friend, um, what she does is she picks a word of the year. And so I think that's what I'm doing. And my word yeah. for the year is fulfillment. Huh. Yeah. And not, I, not talking I'm... about logistics and fulfilling an order <laughs> either. <laughs> Pack and pick operation. Yeah. No. Um, I, I, I'm not a resolution maker. I try to, you know, to live my life and make re- resolutions when I need to and, and just mm-hmm. live life when, when that's not front burner. But yeah, I mean, I've, you know, I got a couple of personal health things that I'm trying to just uh, ensure, uh, you know, continue in good shape. But mm-hmm. beyond that, you know, nothing, nothing serious, just fine tuning. Okay. Uh, but no, uh, all good. Uh, but, you know, it's going to be, <laughs> as I wrote for my first column of the year, as I, as I have been doing for a, a bit now, the year in preview 2023, um, it's going to be an epic year, another epic year. Mm-hmm. Um, we grew so fast last year. We actually doubled, uh, I'll, I'll, to be technically correct, 99% revenue increase uh, 2022 over 2021, which was the same as 2019, probably TMI for the 350 audience. But the point is, is that we're on a tear. And because this is, you know, for those of us in sustainability, not just Green Biz, but all of the listeners and everyone, this is kind of our moment. Mm-hmm. This is the moment we've been waiting for in the sort of almost a be careful what you wish for thing where 
the world is finally coming to where we want them to be. And they're, they have concerns, they have interests, they have demands, they have needs. And, uh, and, and here we are, uh, ready, willing, and hopefully able to fulfill those. So um, anyway, I'm excited about all of that and, and the conferences and the, all the new products and services and people that will be part of this uh, green biz world uh, in, in, over the next 12 months. How about you? What's, what's, besides fulfillment, what are you excited about? Well, I'm going to come back to ask you this question, same question in a moment. But for me, I, I guess you could say I perpetually resolve as well. And I, I resolved at some point last fall to get back into my my roots as a journalist and really start mm. writing more. So I'm excited about the opportunity to do a lot more writing. I know we're going to talk about one of my stories in a moment, which <laughs> it hopefully isn't too self-serving, but I do, I get excited about being able to talk to the community and explore issues that we cover in ways that other no other business publication covers. It's just because, yeah. because we have this history with this community and we also, but we also keep our ears open and, and love, we, ha we have such a curious team. We love learning and we love learning and, and growing and evolving with our community. So I'm, I'm excited about the opportunity to do a lot more writing this year and really leaning into that part of my skill set. I haven't been able to do that in a while. What about you? I mean, that's, it was quite a long list that you put forth in, in that um, essay that you did. What are you particularly excited for? Yeah, I mean, back at you. I'm uh, first of all, I'm excited about it, all just everything that's happening in the company. It's really just an exciting moment, as it's been for a while, but it's really exciting now. But you know, back at you on the journalism. You know, I, I neither of us gets enough opportunities to commit journalism, and I'm looking forward to <laughs> digging in, not just to to um, more stories or a, a thoughtful pieces, I hope, but uh, longer form and multi-part and deeper dive kinds of things. I've got several that uh, I'm thinking about and um, maybe do a little more uh, uh, travel reporting, going to places and, uh, oh, is that your list? My You're long list. To, to I'm the showing camera. you my long list. I've wow. Written. Yeah. <laughs> ah, well, love to go through, hear, hear about that at some point. Anyway, uh, just generally excited about the year ahead as, I mean, that's always kind of how I roll. But you know what? Let's roll into the Week in Review. And we're going to start with, as, a, as you sort of telegraphed, a story that you wrote about uh, emissions accounting needing a makeover uh, that's forthcoming. So do tell. Do tell. Well, so it just, this this is a con uh, conglomeration of some reporting that I started doing at our Verge Net Zero event in early December, where I was basically attending some sessions on scope three. And as we all know, scope three is just particularly difficult to get arms around. Like how really, how much really are it, are your suppliers contributing in terms of emissions? And P.S. If you don't really know, how can you really address it? So, I got to uh, thinking while I was was listening to some of these sessions that you know there is no way that a financial accounting team would tolerate the kinds of estimates and guesstimates and averages and and so forth that are 
sustainability teams are are forced to deal with. And so, you know, I was wondering about as 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 since I am such a software oriented person, this kind of fits into my theme of we're going to operationalize the um, the collection of data re- regarding emissions um, from across the entire supply chain. So I see this happening. I see that I believe. Um, I hate to say the word artificial intelligence, but I think we're going to see artificial intelligence coming into supply chains to help surface this data. Why do you? Uh, why, why do you not like to use because the word artificial intelligence? Because it just makes me a little bit uneasy um, uh, how little thought is given to how it's deployed, um, the ethics behind it. I feel like we are in such a we're we're so we're always so eager to move quickly that we don't always think through the ramifications, and so. There's a lot of bias built into artificial intelligence algorithms in terms of what they collect and how they collect them and when they collect them. Um, and then also, P.S., how that data is protected and so forth. I just I just feel like, um, you know, going back to my point about we need to operationalize this, if you're doing this in silos and this project here and this project there, there's no sort of overall corporate strategy about how the data is managed. And so that's that's what make, gives me pause. So it's not that I don't like. I mean, I, I one of my stories on my list is a, is how the metaverse will be dealing with sustain. You know, will be in, in helping with sustainability. So that's that's something I'm exploring. But but so I'm I'm always eager to talk about emerging technologies and how they contribute to the cause. I just think we sometimes deploy these things without thinking things through. Um, in the interest of, t- of being moving quickly, but the point of this this story is that there's a lot of um, carbon accounting that needs to be done, and there's a lot of carbon accounting software out there. Um, and I've said it before: there's going to be a big, I think, consolidation of this space as companies start to buy these tools and apply them to footprinting their carbon in a way that. Um, and there and there are other emissions, by the way, their entire greenhouse emissions portfolio in ways that they um, haven't been able to do before. And we're going to see we're going to see us moving away from the averages. There's a lot of um, push for this in terms of protocols as well. The, um, I didn't know until I was working on the story that there is an upcoming revision being considered for the greenhouse gas protocol in terms of the methods, you, you know, how what people are going to be looking for, what the revisions call for. And there's a, several other initiatives that are underway that are going to be really pushing the the envelope when it comes to collecting data. So that's what this story is about, me geeking out on data. Um, Yeah, Yeah. and I I think uh, to your point, there's going to be a shakeout uh, on this because there are so many, so many of these companies, you mentioned Sinai, Watershed, Greenlee, Persephone, Sustain Life, Arcadia, which has scored a, a $125 million in funding. And of course, Salesforce has their net zero cloud. Um, and and there, there's so many, and they're, they're all similar but different. Uh, and they all have their own value proposition. Uh, but a, a question, I don't know the answer to this. I, I, I'm not enough of, of a geek on this. You know, are they putting out information that's sufficiently standardized that it could flow into things like, you know, hope, you know, pr- presumably the forthcoming uh, SEC requirements or others um, or, or other reporting platforms, uh, or are they, is this a Tower of Babel? So that's part of the point of like some of the work that's being done by RMI and the, um, the WBCSD is they're trying to get to, to the, the place where we're all collecting the same data points so that there's a more comparable um, uh, set for that analysis. 
And I think when I was talking about consolidation before, and you, you mentioned Salesforce, I think the, the Salesforces and the Microsofts and the SAPs and the Oracles, like those, the companies that have these massive enterprise software suites, I think they're going to be buying these smaller vendors and plugging their thing, plugging these things into um, broader systems. I mean, like an Oracle enterprise resource planning system, putting this carbon a, a module into there, into that system as a whole. And then th the data feeds through, like it's actually reading the data about specific parts. I mean, the, the sort of the part level um, records are already there in some of these bigger systems. So I think that's yeah. where we're going. Um, yeah. Yeah. Definitely a story to watch in mm -hmm. 2023, as I know you will be doing, Yay. Heather. But speaking of Tower of Babel, let's turn <laughs> oh. to Elsa Wenzel's story on greenwashing terms to avoid at any cost. Now, I'm going to preface this by saying it's not yet February 2nd, but this sure does feel like Groundhog Day. Um, these terms, <laughs> these terms uh, that she's mentioning, I mean, oh, my God. I mean, I first wrote about this. I'm just going to say it in 1989. Uh, this, you know, some of these terms about what, the, you know, the, the general nonspecific terms like, you know, uh, like, you know, clean and natural and, you know, and, and, and a bunch of others. And, and now there's a lot new ones like regenerative plastic neutral, of course, net zero, low carbon um, and conscious, which uh, uh, which who knows what that means, but <laughs> that that are have no definition and there can be used willy nilly and, sh and, and are being used a lot and shouldn't be because they're so vague. But then she gets into the, the ones like we're still talking about what does it mean to call something recyclable? Oh, my God. I mean, this is a conversation that we should be so far beyond, you know, than the 30 plus years that we've been discussing this um, and so many others. So uh, she sort of reviews some of that. And and, and what's, you know, the, the, the Federal Trade Commission in the U.S., which has the uh, overseas, the, the green guides is uh, in the process of revamping them. Um, and they're going to start including a, a number of of other kinds of of claims that they don't yet cover. So that might bring a little bit more sense to this. But, oh, this is just sad that we're still not sure how to talk about mm -hmm. this stuff. So this is and Europe is obviously hard pushing hard on this, too. They're even being more aggressive about um, combating vague marketing. I realize it's been, we've been talking about forever. And as journalists, we are particularly sensitive to this because we see this in our email all the time. Um, yeah. And, and words, the, we mean, words yeah. mean things and we words mean refer things. to us. But yeah, even more so. Yeah. I guess one of the observations I will make is that it does signal that there are newer companies coming into the space that do need to learn this. So we have a lot more smaller and mid-sized companies that are making setting goals and then talking about their goals. And so this is something that they haven't learned. So like, I mean, shame on the people that have been doing this for a long time that still do this. But I do, I think part of the, the part of the thing that makes me hopeful about this is that, that this does mean that more people are trying to figure out how to talk about it. Uh, more, when I say people, more companies are trying to figure out how to talk about it. And this is where they need to be thinking about. I mean, we, and I, I know we're, we're planning our communications summit at the, um, at GreenBiz next month. 
and I'm sure that this will come up there. This oh, no, this is this, uh, yeah. this is definitely part of it. The, the Green Biz Comms Summit, which is uh, we're having on, uh, it's called the Shoulder Event, which means it happens just before the Green Biz 23 conference starts. So, so the Comms Summit will be February 13th, 14th. The event starts uh, later on the 14th, the main event. And um, yeah, we're going to be talking about uh, sort of the con- the confluence of of communication, sustainability, and and legal, because each of them brings us, and we've talked about this on this podcast, each of them brings well-meaning intent to this process of how to talk about this stuff. And and in the process, they also can be ships in the night. And uh, I've I've dubbed that uh, triangle of uh, comms, sustainability, and legal as the Bermuda Triangle of sustainability messaging, because where messages basically go to die. Um, So... (laughs) Yeah, this is a this is continues to be a huge area. And to your point, Heather, as these topics ramp up, as as climate and biodiversity, and and even on the equity side and some other things become more front and center, more and more companies will be trying to talk about this stuff. And if it's if if the past is prologue, they will be failing miserably. So we need to sharpen the language. We need to define these things. And we need some some regulatory uh, you know, baseline, some some floor setting of just some things to avoid. And then hopefully things will will proceed from there. But let's turn to a slightly happier space, <laughs> which is uh, a story that uh, it's actually an update to a story we published a number of years ago that has just done phenomenally well um, if to, if the, to the green biz community. It just shows up in the most read stories, uh, whether it's the week, the month, the year. Uh, it comes from Trish Kenlon, who's the founder of something called Sustainable Career Pathways, a sustainability career coaching and consulting uh, business. Uh, and she this is titled, Which of These Four Sustainability Certifications is Right for You? And she mentions fellowships, school classes, skills-based volunteering, and other things that can boost your career. Um, and uh, in the last version was 33, so there's now 40. So that's, I guess, progress, but it's also a little more confusion. But uh, yeah, it's um, there's a lot going on. And, and thank you. Thank you to Trish for for compiling this and, and, and getting it out there and sharing it with the Green Biz audience. Yeah, this is great. And I um, was glad that she indulged us by updating the last year's list as well. The, the thing that struck me is that um, the reporting, I mean, this doesn't really surprise me, but there's a lot more focus on reporting and disclosure. So that is definitely in demand. So there's some good um, information about that. And, and you know, and another thing that we, as we continue to lean into um, buildings, right, um, that there's a good suite of, of um, information about that. I, I hadn't heard of this other one, uh, this new one here that she's she's referencing. It's called the, it's called SEAM, S-E-A-M, that which stands for Social Equity Assessment Method. And it, it looks not just at um, the the sort of it's a rating system. Yeah, it's a rating yeah. system. It looks at at uh, real estate not just along the lines of um, you know sustainability, but also health and wellness. So like that, I- I'm always been particularly fascinated with the intersection of health 
end sustainability. And especially as people have to return to offices, that is a theme. Um, Fitwell is another one in here. It's it's also talking about health. So that that that's slightly different than um, the last list as well. I think that that's a a point that I I just want to bring up. Um, yeah, so great list. It's already doing really well on the site. Not surprised, but um, definitely bookmark that one. Lots of things to think about as you uh, if your New Year's resolutions involve uh, uh, up leveling your career. So Heather, uh, back in December, you invited the Green Biz community to share uh, audio postcards about their hopes for 2023. Uh, what'd you come up with? So I'm very pleased to say that we had more than two dozen uh, submissions and we did run half of them in uh, the last episode of 2022. Basically, we asked people to talk about their hope for the, the upcoming year. And so we have this batch has um, some thoughts about circularity, uh, some thematic things also popped out, um, focused on how do you get your workforce more engaged. I uh, will stop talking and let you listen, but um, enjoy the words from your community about their hopes for 2023. Hi, I'm Jelaine Dallas, Vice President of Sustainability and Industry Affairs for Hinkle Consumer Products here in North America. We've experienced an increase in dialogue and attention on the importance of circularity in recent years. Several CPG companies, including Hinkle and many retailers have set aggressive packaging goals. Extended producer responsibility legislation passed in four states this year. We recognize there's more work to be done. My hope for 2023 is that all stakeholders publicly acknowledge the importance of circularity and recognize the only way to productively address related issues is to work collaboratively. Stakeholders must look beyond their own interests, recognizing how they can contribute to others reaching optimization and ultimately create value for all stakeholders. Hi, I'm Alessia Falsarone, adjunct faculty at the University of Chicago, where I lead the Circular Economy and Sustainable Business Management Program. My hope for 2023 is that the circular economy will become a foundational engine to operationalize the sustainability roadmaps of businesses, municipalities, and countries around the world. Starting with businesses, that they may see circularity beyond waste management practices as a recognized discipline that helps them meet the needs of our resource-constrained planet. For municipalities, that they may collaborate and bring their public sector influence to help scale circular innovations adopted at the local level to partnerships that address community education and development. For countries, that global trade relationships be met with commitments to equitable production and consumption of goods and services that limit throwaway culture and inspire the adoption of longer-lasting, reusable, intelligent materials to a fully circular 2023. I'm Eileen Marcus, CEO of Koyuchi, the luxury organic home goods company. My hope for 2023 is to see more companies embrace circularity because it is a key initiative for any company that aims to call themselves sustainable. Koyuchi's closed loop system, introduced in 2017, helps to keep our products out of landfills, reduces our emissions, and minimizes the strain on natural resources used to produce new products. We're reducing water, energy, 
and carbon. I'd like to see other brands adopt these practices using organic and natural fibers as the start of a circular system. Hi, this is Eric Foley. I'm the director of the Center for the Business of Sustainability at Penn State University's Smeal College of Business. My hope for 2023 is that we accelerate the transformation of business education so that we impact the lives of 400,000 young people that earn an undergraduate degree in business every year in the United States, which is equal to all the degrees given out from psychology, engineering, social sciences and history, and biology. We believe that every business degree plays a unique role in advancing the social and environmental impact of an enterprise. This is the vision I hope we accelerate towards in 2023. Hi, I'm Robin Luning, Chief Sustainability Officer at Wells Fargo. My hope for 2023 is that more communities have access to the capital and information they need to operate more sustainably. No one should feel left behind as we transition to a low-carbon economy. We can make a real impact, whether it's helping low-income homeowners retrofit their homes to be more energy efficient, removing barriers that prevent diverse contractors from entering the clean energy economy, or helping small businesses embrace clean technology to reduce their operating costs and carbon footprint. We expect significant growth in clean energy and technology opportunities as the loan guarantees and tax rebates of the Inflation Reduction Act and Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act create new opportunities for private-public partnerships and financing. I believe it's achievable. We all need to work together. We strive to support our customers and communities in their transition to a resilient, equitable, and sustainable future. Hello, I'm Anna Pavlova, VP of Strategy and Market Development at CarbonQuest. In 2023, I hope that buildings in our cities start taking more action to reduce emissions. For example, they can do that with building carbon capture. Buildings account for 40% of global CO2 emissions, and we need to do something today. At CarbonQuest, we capture CO2 from buildings, liquefy it, and then recycle it into concrete blocks. So we build a local circular economy. In the year ahead, we hope to see more hospitals, universities, commercial and residential buildings adopt distributed carbon capture solutions and do more fossil displacement with recycled CO2 products. We think it's going to be a great year for CCUS industry. Hi, my name is Michael Seebeck, founder of Monster Commercial, an ecosystem of resources for the CRE community, and a new initiative to be launched in early 2023, Sustainable CRE, a members alliance. My hope for 2023 is, despite the many economic and resource challenges facing businesses today, every business owner take a look at the initiatives they can take and the goals they can set to make their business more sustainable. If one business shows employees and their clients what they are doing to make a difference, it will bode well for a larger movement to take hold. One company's action can become another's inspiration. Inspiring changes and taking initiative matters. When companies take initiative, employees become engaged, and the company performs better financially. Sustainable change is a win-win for all. That is my hope for 2023. Thank you. My name is Caitlin Prendival, and I'm the co-founder of Seed Culture. We help organizations to sow the seeds for a more sustainable future by upskilling and engaging their workforce on sustainability topics. 
Our gamified learning platform uses behavioural science to help organisations to scale sustainability knowledge and action in their workforce. My hope for 2023 is that more organisations will start to realise the untapped potential of their workforce when it comes to reaching their sustainability targets. Companies are currently struggling to meet these, and part of this is because of a lack of sustainability talent. At the same time, the majority of existing workers are keen to be involved and incorporate sustainability into their current roles. This is a clear gap and one that we believe can be solved with the right approach and focus. Cheers. Hi, I'm Jeff Terry, Vice President of Sustainability and Corporate Social Responsibility at GAF. As the largest roofing and waterproofing manufacturer in North America, we have a responsibility to use our expertise and resources to make a positive impact in our communities and the planet. We're focused on creating product circularity in the roofing sector, keeping waste out of landfills, reducing our carbon footprint across our operations, and expanding our green portfolio of products to help address the carbon emissions throughout the built environment. With one important objective in mind, protecting what matters most by creating a more sustainable future. As we look forward to 2023, our goal is to continue to see improvement in our company's efforts. And my hope is to see more companies taking tangible steps to actually improve their performance and improve the planet. Leaders in every sector must take ownership of their long-term impact and make meaningful changes to ultimately leave the planet better off than what we found it. Hi, I'm Matt Watson. I'm the Chief Technology Evangelist at NetApp. So my wish is, as we think about sustainability in the industry as we go into 2023, are that we need to improve the standards, the metrics that we have available to us um, so that we can all start to operate on a level playing field and actually really measure vendors against each other to show how much progress they're able to help you make when it comes to sustainability. And then I think another uh, wish that I would have would be making vendors more responsible or having vendors become more responsible for providing technology, for providing analytics and insights through technology that can, again, help customers make better, make more informed decisions about choices that they make in using technology that can help them to reduce their emissions. Hi, my name is Brianna Wheeler, and I'm the U.S. Director of Operations at BRIAM, the world's first and only science-based certification program for sustainable building assets. As a sustainability professional who's focused specifically on the commercial real estate sector, my first hope for 2023 is that industry professionals will start giving more thought to how their buildings deliver social impact. As an industry, we focused on how our organizations have delivered impact, which is right, but the next step is focusing on how our buildings can do this too. My second hope is that our industry increases efforts to improve building resilience, especially for the country's older supply, amid a growing number of natural disasters each year. My final hope of 2023 is to see the sector collectively shift away from compensating through offsets and instead invest in driving deep energy efficiency of building envelopes and systems. We have all of the necessary technologies and resources to propel these initiatives forward. Now it is simply about making the decision to execute. Hello. My name is Nicolas Navas. I am a sustainability consultant at Schneider Electric. As I now record this message from the beautiful mountains of my home country, Colombia, my wish for 2023 is for sustainability practitioners and clients alike to fully understand how to calculate the emissions that result from land use, 
land change and land management? And how could we more effectively serve our planet by documenting the removals made by our customers? And how can those removals incentivize actions against climate change and not favor greenwashing? I hope that the Sustainability Genie in 2023 grants me this wish and I can fully document those emissions and those removals in 2023. Thank you. And that's our 350 podcast for this week. As always, just go to greenbiz.com 350 and you'll find out more about the organization, stories and events we mentioned this week. And while you're over there, check out our free weekly newsletters. We just uh, are launching an eighth one uh, later this month from Leah uh, Garden, a, a climate tech down, uh, download. No, what's it called? Climate Tech Rundown. And it's technically, tech rundown. Yeah, it's technically a Sorry. second edition of the Climate Tech one. So that both yeah, of them right. will be called Climate Tech Rundown. Yeah, and there'll be a Carbon Weekly coming out uh, not too long from now. And uh, they're just a great way to stay up to date all week long. So go to greenbiz.com slash newsletters to sign up. And we love to hear from you. Your questions, your comments, your tips. Hit us up, 350 at greenbiz.com. That's our email address. Heather and I will be back next week with another edition of Green Biz 350. Until then, from all of us here at Green Biz Group, I'm Joel McCower. We'll see you next time. This episode is sponsored by NRG Energy. Businesses are making moves to decarbonize. The new Race to Net Zero podcast features insightful conversations with industry experts and business leaders committed to net zero emissions. Don't miss this limited series with valuable information to help you achieve your sustainability goals. Visit nrg.com slash zero.